Damaged Goods Podcast. I don't know. Absolutely. I eat like um like I eat crazy, like just a lot of food, and sometimes I I eat more than I should be, and then I don't feel so great, you know. So I gotta digest. So I smoke weed to digest the food, but then I get hungry like an hour or two later, and then I eat more food, and the cycle continues, and I just feel shitty. <laughs> you know. The cycle. <laughs> do you ever when you're, when you're in the kitchen cooking do you ever like overindulge in the food you're making absolutely man absolutely sometimes i sometimes i just don't even eat at all but other times i yo man i go in man yeah, couple you, of lamb shanks missing you know yeah, you can't be a chef and not you know like like when you're making beats you you're listening to your beats to make sure they sound right the drums are hitting you couldn't be in the kitchen making delicious food and not tasting what you're making or eating a lot of it. I, you you got to taste it at least, you know? Taste it. Yeah, no, I, I feel this, that, uh, that culinary voice on Damaged Goods podcast this week is a, is a man who's an artist in multiple realms of the arts. Uh, not only is he a, a producer and ill beat maker, but he's also an incredible chef and does lots of catering and makes probably the finest Haitian patties uh, this side of, of the world, other than Haiti, uh, it's my man Ethics, man. My man Ethics Direct, dude, all the way live from, from Ottawa, from Canada, up north, dude. Yeah, so, from OT. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, so wait, Ottawa, this is going to make me sound extremely ignorant, so pardon my age. I suck at geography. It's not my, my strong suit. Ottawa is a separate province from, from Montreal, or from Quebec, I mean, right? Yeah, <clears throat> Ottawa's in Ontario, so Ontario is a like uh, Ontario and stuff. Province, yeah. 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 I, so I've spent a lot of time in your country and in, and in Ottawa and like various cities and towns, even small towns in Canada. But my geography about it is still fucking shitty. I, you know, <clears throat> you've probably been to more places in Canada than me, bro. <laughs> to be honest, there's only. There, I mean, there's like big cities and there's smaller cities, but there's a lot of the country that's just, it's just wilderness. It's, you know, it's fucking yeah. undeveloped by humans. What On the west side of Canada, in, in like north of Vancouver, there's a town, there's a few towns where they do a lot of, um, I think like oil drilling and stuff, where they had really bad fires a few years ago. I, I was with a Slayer, we did a show up there and there was all the hotels were full with residents who had been evacuated from the homes because the fires were so bad. It was, smoke was in the air everywhere. It was hard to breathe. It was crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I think I heard something. I can't remember where it was, but um, yeah, no, the the, the West End. Yeah, yeah the West. Yeah, the, but, so I, if you're listening to the podcast, listen with your imagination, your ears. In front of ethics, I see what looks like it might be a mixer. I can't see the whole thing. Or is that what piece yeah, of Yeah, no, I got a, just my, my keyboard. I got a... Uh, interface here. Whatever. Oh, nice. So, what do you uh? What some do you beats with, some dude? stuff, you know. Focus, you right? Oh, like yeah, I have, yo, I got the same focus right, right here, dude. <laughs> I've used the same interface. <laughs> good taste, man. Yeah. Right, good taste. Um. Yeah, actually, this one's not plugged in, but um, I'm I'm gonna get to it, man. It does a lot of crazy things, man. Yeah. What uh? What are you making beats on these days? What programs? What what software? What equipment are you using? Yo, to be honest, I never look back, man. Since uh, 2003, I started with Fruity Loops when, like, Fruity Loops 3.5. I yeah. did like Fruity Loops one, two, three. Then I fell on Reason, man. And then first time I looked at it, 
I saw the, all the fucking knobs and shit. I was like, fuck this shit, man. I'm not doing this shit. Uninstalled it. Then a few months later, I got hooked on it and I've been using it since, man. Yeah. Yeah. I so remember. Reason- uh, yeah. When uh, Ninth Wonder kind of started blowing up more with like the first couple little brother projects and he did that joint for Jay Z and shit, he was using Fruity Loops. And most people were like, well, I would think that wasn't professional enough at the time. But then after you, you hear this dude making this fire ass production on it, people are like, oh, it's really not what you're using. It's just how good you are at using it, you know? That's it, man. It's, it's the mind, you know? That's it. It's your brain, man. You could, you could have an expensive ass studio and still make trash, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people, um, believe it or not, like that. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a- <laughs> what, um. No. Uh, what are you drawing for um, inspiration these days on the musical side of things? Oh, man, to, to be honest, I, I don't really listen to much stuff that's out there right now. You know, um, I listen to like maybe old music, jazz, uh, Brazilian music, um, <clears throat> Haitian music. Yeah, yeah. Got to rep. Now, I think that's sometimes that's a smart thing for artists. Then you're not getting subconsciously um inspired by or, or controlled by who you're listening to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you can hear somebody else in someone's music because they're listening to those people so much. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Like, I try to keep my, my neck out there, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know if you heard of, uh, called God Tet. Nah, put me on. Insp- that shit is fucking fire, man. I'm yeah. actually, um, yeah, man. It's, it's kind of like a jazzy, mellow vibes, man. I like yeah, that. The, the, I think that's the name of the album, God Tet itself. It's it's Godriguez. Um, okay, I gotta check that but, out. Yeah, that shit is crazy, man. Yeah, I listen to like, I mean, I listen to all kinds of music, but when I'm writing, I listen to only like jazz or instrumental shit. No vocals, no lyrics. And more mellow stuff, so it's almost like background music. But if it was completely quiet, I probably wouldn't focus as good, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Sometimes you don't want to hear lyrics, man, because you need space to think, right? So yeah. you have some like you have like a a background going, and then you could just drop your ideas, you know. Yeah, it helps me. As think. opposed, yeah, as opposed to like listening to some shit and like getting fucking lost in the lyrics and shit and like. You know, because sometimes I'll start analyzing the lyrics and <laughs> you know, sure I heard it right or rewinding it. And you definitely can't. I mean, you could do that if all you got to do is listen to the music. But if you try like when you're working in the kitchen, when you're cooking, what are you you listening to anything you want in the background? Right. Yeah. Like sometimes it's uh, if I'm making Haitian food, like I'm probably going to be listening to Haitian music. You know, um, it all depends on, on <clears throat> the vibe, too, man. Sometimes I'll be making patties but listening to like jazz or like um sometimes listen to like bossa nova some but depends on on, uh, on the nova brazilian music is is the shit dude i listen to a ton of brazilian music. yeah man uh yeah all those guys baden powell uh what's the other guy george bem mm. yeah. yeah so you you were born in haiti right before you went to ottawa no no where no, were you no, no. i was born I was born in Ottawa, born and, born and raised in Ottawa. Never been to Haiti yet, actually. I went to Haiti when I was really young. When I used to still live on Nevis in the West Indies, I don't really remember it. I would have been about four. But my mother, I forget why we ended up in Haiti for a few days. 
I think we were going to some other island and we got rerouted and there was some shit going on and we were there for a couple of days. But I, I was very young. I barely remember it at all. Yeah, like I'm very tied into the to the culture, but never, never went. Actually, I was supposed to go pre the, the COVID stuff or whatever, then yeah, home, like, you know, yeah. that, that felt so. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, that's, it's definitely a place I want to visit, man, for sure. Cause that's like, that's like, I feel like it's the missing link, you know? Yeah. yeah I bet. I'm, I'm so, yeah, I'm so into Haitian culture and I speak pretty good Creole, you know? Yeah. You've been, uh, you've been to Boston before? Never been to Boston. We have a huge, huge Haitian population, you know, um, lots of good Haitian restaurants, yeah. lots of good Haitian folk. Big community out there. Yeah, man. I don't, um. I mean, I know Toronto has yeah. a large Haitian Not population. They, I don't know, does, like the rest of uh, Ottawa's got a big population? Ottawa's got a decent population. The biggest Haitian population in Canada is Montreal, for sure. Oh, really? Uh, More than Toronto? Everybody goes by that. Yeah, man. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I'm learning. Yeah, Montreal. Montreal is uh, basically like, Montreal is like, uh, Canada's Miami, you know, like you know, Haitians land in Miami first. If they come out to Canada, they land in Montreal. First. Wow. Except my parents, they just came straight here, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, most people like they did. They're, they're from Montreal before coming to Ottawa. So it it went from Montreal. Most of the the community out here, I guess, is built from people coming from Montreal as well. Too. Yeah. Is uh, in Ontario. Are you taught French in school when you're young? It depends where you're at. Um, it depends. Like if you're in uh, a zone, like for, like for example, Ottawa is bilingual, right? Yeah. Um, so there's going to be French schools. There's going to be French schools wherever there's French people, actually, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't French know. I, I know like in Quebec and stuff, it's that's the primary language or the, the initial language, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Quebec is uh, generally more more francophone than anything than anything else. My favorite city in North America is Quebec City. I love Quebec City, to be honest. Love it. The food Beautiful. is incredible. The the cuisine is fire. It's gorgeous, right along the St. Lawrence River. It's got all that old architecture. It's I don't know. It's um, it feels. It's got a great feel to it. Summer or winter, it's fucking. It's I love that. Yeah, place. it's it's a different vibe. Than, than Montreal completely. Yeah, like it's, very different. Yeah. Uh, the food too, I love the food out there too. Very crazy. Uh, also found interesting spice shops out there too. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh for like shopping as, as a chef, I bet. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you got to assume if there's good restaurants, then there's got to be good places to get your meats and your poultry and your seafood and your vegetables and fruits and shit and spices. You'd hope so at least. Absolutely. It's like I was in... Uh, I was in Toronto all the last week, basically. And um, there's the St. Lawrence Market, uh, smack downtown. Um, my brother had showed me that because my brother's been in Toronto for like uh, years. He's been living there since like 96. But um, oh, I actually went in and got some meat there and it was pretty good it's quality. What's a beef quality. or what? Cornish hen and uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lamb a- shank, lamb shoulder, yeah. So you get, I mean, you used to have your your, your Haitian patties, um, like catering business. And I know you kind of like are doing all kinds of food, but I see you're heavy with the lamb lately. It's the lamb shakes. What? Oh, man. Fire this the brother. Lamb is, lamb. 
I love lamb. I just like the the flavor of it, man. Yeah. And uh, I know it's 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 nice, man. It's a nice alternative to beef too. Mm, yeah. What um, what do you when you're cooking it? Are you are you braising it a lot more, like for the shanks? Are you are you grilling yeah, it? So for the tops? What are you doing? What I what I do is uh, Haitian style. What we do is uh, yeah, you brown, then you braise. Yeah. Well, not braise, you kind of like simmer, I guess mm-hmm. I could say. Um in uh spices and acid like uh the, i put beer sometimes wine mm. whatever and then once it's done phrasing it'll like reduce and then once it's a, you just fry that shit after in the oh, end. You, so you take it out and fry it yeah oh shit that's not stewed crazy. well it's i guess you could say stewed then fried okay okay yeah that sounds delicious man i fucking i love lamb i have the last time i had it i think i grilled it i had some chops i grilled but I, I, it's not something I eat as often as like I eat goat way more often or yeah more, goat yeah yeah but I mean I love lamb though it's delicious when it's done right I don't if people like you know overcook it or they, if they cook it fast on the grill and overcook it then it's all tough and yeah you can't do that like you have to to respect those meats still you know you ever make lamb in a patty like ground lamb in a patty yeah I did yeah I, oh, I, uh, I don't do ground because uh, most people do ground but what I do is I kind of like. Uh, do uh I shave it or like oh. just like pull it and then I, I sometimes I puree it. Oh so wow. it's kind of like yeah. Oh shit. So it's shaved kind of like the way so like, I do like a shawarma style sort of thin? Yeah, type of like uh I guess you could say like it's kind of like pulled meat, you know, type of okay. I yeah. That's or gr- I grind it up myself. Like I'll use like steak cuts and whatever. Cause I get like ground beef to me sometimes, ground meat sometimes it's like it's weird. Is is the le- the lesser alternative, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd prefer shaved meat over ground if I had the fucking choice. That sounds delicious in a patty. I've never ha- I c- like I've never seen lamb in a patty before, let alone a Haitian patty. Um, yeah. I mean, you see, like you know, mostly where I'm at, you know, or back in Boston or in LA, if you get patties, it's, it's Jamaican style patties or West Indian style patties, and it's always beef. You know, maybe a curry style chicken, maybe a jerk chicken, a fish patty if you're lucky, or a veggie patty. But it's I know nobody steps outside the box with lamb. That's crazy. Yeah, I did lamb. I did uh, lobster. Lobster patty. Yeah, lobster patty. What? Now, yeah, oh, I gotta try that shit. Damn. You know, like I know in Canada, in at least in Quebec, there's a lot of uh, like farm raised lobster farms and shit closer to the water, maybe closer to like Nova Scotia and shit. Lots of farm raised lobster. Yeah. Yeah, the the East Coast, Nova Scotia is, is like top, the top place for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even seafood, most oh, yeah. seafood. It's good up there. Do tons of good oysters and shit. I love. Oh them. man. Yeah, I mean, seafood. I went there once. I went to Halifax once and had like probably the best really? lobster. I had. That's one place I haven't been. I haven't been to like Nova Scotia, Halifax in Canada. Uh you'd love it out there, man. Uh-huh. It's it. It's it. What time of year did you go though? Um, man, when was it? Was it almost winter, bro? Almost winter. See, it gets, dude. I got, I got frostbite once in Quebec City. Well, outside of the city, on my earlobe. That's the only time I got frostbite. It was like thirty-two degrees below zero in Fahrenheit, which is fucking crazy cold, man. That shit. Well, it gets cold up there, dude. Quebec is disrespectfully cold, man. Yeah, windy yeah. too and cold. Um, I mean, I don't, I, can, I don't mind it for a few days at a time now, but when I was younger, going for a long time, it was fucking chilly. 
I'm I'm wimpy yes. now. I, I live in California, so I I'm desensitized. Yeah, it's a, it's a different. <laughs> 65 degrees, and I put a sweatshirt on. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, Montreal, you like uh, February, Quebec in February. Yeah, right. February is the roughest month I think out of the oh year. Disrespectful. Anybody born in February is usually, if you're from the East Coast, the Midwest, you're a tough, you're a tough person if you're born in February. That's a, oh, it's a dude, I, it's, a, it's like the grayest, coldest month. I've almost killed myself in the month of February <laughs> a few times. Seriously, it's so depressing. And it's gray for like 28 days. It's rough. February is brutal, man. Brutal. Like uh, when I used to live in, I mean, I cook a lot now anyway, but when I used to live in the East Coast, Boston, New York, in the winter time and stuff, you know, you maybe don't go outside as much. I would find myself cooking a lot more in the house because it's like, a, it's not just for the food, but it's like an activity. It's fun. It's art. I mean, that's, you're, you know, you're the first chef that's ever been on my podcast. And I've always wanted to have a chef on because I believe it's an art. But, um, but you're the first one. Dude. Congrats. But I mean, when you're in, in Ottawa and there's a lot of winter months, do you find yourself cooking more? Yeah, man. I, I go to my cousin's house, man. That's like the place where like my culinary, my love for food, like really blossomed. man. so I still go there and we cook like all the time, man. We'll make uh, good cook? Your, your cousin. Oh, he's very good, man. He's like he makes the he, he's the one who taught me how to do the the fried plantain, oh. like to, to like to the tea, you know, I, dude, yeah. my, my girl, my girl's half Dominican, half Haitian. So we eat plantains like all the time. Yeah, Dominicans can do a million things with the plantain. So um, we, I got like four on top of the fridge right now. We always have them in the house at all times. Yeah, man, it's it has to be there, you know. You can live off uh, water and plantains for like the oh. longest of anything before you die. The water you're good with the plantain. You're good, yeah, man. But yeah, he he taught me how to make the the crispy plantains, man. Because some people they just give you a, a bland piece of starch, man. Yeah, and no, that's not where it's at, man. What's uh, what's the secret? Are you allowed to share your plantain secret? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The secret's out there. You know, it's kind of like, um, and it's it's funny because I didn't like he when he explained it to me, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then when I went to culinary school, oh, you went to culinary school. Oh. Yeah, I went for um, just to like brush up my skills, man, step it up a bit, you know, because there's like a science to it. And then after that, from there, it's like I see anything I can make anything yeah. out of. Yeah. Where'd you go so, to culinary school in Ottawa? Uh, Algonquin College, yeah. Algonquin College. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, I uh, I imagine you get, you get taught a lot of like very like kind of technical things, like you said, the science to it, technical things that once you learn them, and you you feel comfortable with them. It's like you said, you see something, and you're like, I, I can make that. I know already what what needs to go in that. Yeah, it's a conf it's a confident feeling. You feel pretty comfortable in the kitchen, man. After that, yeah, you you expand your skills and your knowledge. Like I learned some stuff, um, especially for the patties too, man. Like I was making patties from since 2011, maybe, Shit. and then. Um, 2017 I went to culinary schools and I like I was able to step my my puff pastry up as well too you know like now there's like some stuff that I do that I didn't even know about you know do you bake a lot I hate baking to be honest bro it's I, I, only patty it's boring right it's boring it's it's too mathematical there's not enough yeah. room for expression but to make patties you kind of have to bake right to make the, the absolutely absolutely that like uh 
it's my mom who taught me how to do the puff pastry. Um, so we we found the recipe in like a OG Haitian book there. And then um, she started playing with it, playing with it. Then like I started switching it up and like using different elements like butter instead of, uh, you know, uh, what's it called again? Shortening. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So butter. Um, that's why I had to price it up because like my shit became like gourmet, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I remember when I was young, you could get a beef patty at certain stands and stuff that certain West Indian shops, like for like a dollar to a dollar fifty. If you wanted a beef patty, cocoa bread and cheese, not talking like four, but but that's like a sandwich. It was a lot of food, you know, like with, with yeah. cocoa bread and cheese, <clears throat> it becomes like a meal. And then yeah, I, there's a new a Jamaican spot open in downtown LA, and their main thing is patties. They have like ten different kinds. I haven't been yet, but the patties are like six dollars for one patty. It's like five ninety five. I'm like, damn, dude, these better be some fucking diamonds. Better fall out of this patty when I bite into it. That's an yeah. expensive patty. But you, it's you're doing ram and shit though. You're doing gourmet shit. They don't even have lobster. They're just doing beef, chicken, fish, and veggie. Yeah, that's that's the thing too. Um... If they're selling it like for six dollars, yeah, for sure, it better be some primo gourmet shit still, you know. Yeah. Um, the the dough costs a lot to make still, you know. Really, uh, the just the butter, because okay. butter, and then I mean I use premium shit, you know. I don't like to use just whatever. I like to be a little extra, you know. Because yeah, you you have ethics, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> oh, what a terrible pun! I had to throw that in there, but nah, you know, there's a lot of restaurants and places you go and you can tell when they're buying quality ingredients and because if you're paying them like a lot more for something it's fine if it's good and you feel shorted you feel cheated when you pay a lot for something and you know it's like man this steak is low quality beef or these oysters seem old and a little lukewarm you can taste the difference if you got them if you got the right palate. absolutely you'll 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 pick up on that man you know yeah man i've um have you worked in like rest, big restaurants or any restaurants before? I've worked in a few uh, restaurants. Like I've worked in, you know, you've been to Ottawa before. You know Sparks Street. Yeah, I do. I do. You actually, you stayed at the Lord Elgin, did you? Or did was it was it you? That sounds real familiar. Yeah, like right downtown. Maybe maybe it was somebody else. Yeah, but it was right smack downtown, near right next to uh, Chateau Laurier. No, I stayed there before. Yeah. I was yeah. there before, yeah. So around that area, I used to work at the beer market. And that was like, that's the first spot I worked at. And it was like the craziest kitchen ever, man. Crazy. Like fucking 500, I think, 80 seats or something like that. Jesus, that's huge. Um, that's bro, huge. and I worked there during, uh, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, they had this shit going on. It was all over the world. La Machine. Just Ooh. those, uh, it was like some Godzilla robot shit that walks around the town. So like everybody was downtown watching that shit. So oh, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so we were getting destroyed in that kitchen, yo. So much. Oh. What did, did it like working in restaurants make you want to do your own catering business more? Or did you like the restaurant vibe? Did you like that craziness, that madness? To be honest, when I was working through it, I'm a Zen guy. So like not, not a lot gets to me, but that like, it gave me a rush, man. Like at first, I worked there for a few months and then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. This is too much, you know? But then after I kind of like missed it, you know? It's because your body got used to that rush. You yeah. Know? 
It's like when somebody comes yeah. back from war combat, they can't do a regular office job. They need some excitement, you know? <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Then yeah. I worked in- uh, Why don't you I worked in restaurants. A beer market, that was one of the restaurants. Um, then I did uh, hospitality. I did uh, cooking in a, it was a home for people with dementia. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So that was an experience, man. <laughs> that was something. Man. I, um, I was lucky enough, I, when I was young, like 15, 16, I worked as like a, a line cook, um, also a uh, like a, not a line cook, my fault, a prep cook, and I, I would end up dishwashing um, during the times when the dishwasher didn't show up. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes that would happen. Uh, and I didn't mind the dishwashing so much. I could never have been a waiter, you know, or a bartender and have to deal with customers. That is not in my skill set. I wanted to be in the back where I could just, you know, people got music playing, they're talking shit, swearing, like. I don't know. It just was a little more relaxed, even though it's high pressure. It's hot in there. Dealing with a customer directly just sounded like a nightmare to me. Have you ever been out yeah. in the front? Have you ever been a waiter or anything? No, front of the house, nah. Fuck that shit, bro. <laughs> it's like kind of like you know, emceeing is kind of like front of the house because you got to deal with the fans. When you're a producer, when you make beats, you can kind of play the cut like like the chef. Not that you're in the cup, but you're in the back. You don't have to deal directly with the people. Exactly. Yeah, man. I just noticed that parallel right now. Exactly, man. That's that's a crazy parallel, man. But it's, Accurate. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, shit, I, looking back, I was like, I should have like gotten into making beats because I do like playing the cut a lot more now that I'm older. It's more fun. Never too late, man. Never too late. True. I mean, I've made a few beats in my day, but those days are behind me. Um, do you ever get too, like, do you find it hard to split your, your passion, your, your time, and your shit between making music? And you know, cooking for a living, or do you, do you? Is it easy? Can you just keep going from one to the other? Nah, man, I just I just keep it moving, you know. Um, like I also work with my my cousin still. He he does like a lot of the like we work like I'll, I'll make an idea, I'll create an idea, send it to him. They'll finish it off, you know. So I'm doing like maybe five or six ideas a day, sending it to him, and like he's mixing and like so basically. I'm always like putting shit out, whatever. And then I'm just cooking at the same time as well, too. So that's dope, man. That's dope. I just didn't know, like, sometimes I get really into what I'm working on. And like, sometimes when I'm writing, I'm so wrapped up in that. It's hard for me to do the podcast or whatever. Like, I mean, I still make time, but I'm like so into the writing. So I didn't know if sometimes you're too into the beats or too into the cooking. You're like, now I got to go. It happens. It happens sometimes. Like, uh, yeah, sometimes the cooking takes over, you know, everything, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, cooking is like, I don't, I've never done it other than that, like that, those summer jobs is, is for a living. Um, and that's why it's very enjoyable to me. I've had friends, like my, my cousin's a really good chef. He's actually, he was cooking in LA at a couple fancy restaurants. Then he quit to go to law school. And I was like, why do you such a good cook? And then he, one year out of law school and working as a lawyer, he's like, I fucking hate this. I want to open a restaurant. <laughs> so now he's opening a restaurant in DC which is crazy, but you know, him and I've had other friends who were great cooks for a while and then eventually they quit and they say it's just, it was just too taxing or the hours were too much on them and it made them lose their passion for cooking. They, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. The, the industry can actually scare you away from that passion, man. Cause uh, a, a few times I, I thought about like, yo, 
just saying fuck the fuck all that shit you know because because it'll sometimes the 16 20 hour days like yeah on your feet like the spot where i used to work i was cooking and i was doing the dishwashing and like basically i was basically their slave man in that in that spot bro everything that that'll that'll sour your passion a bit man oh for sure yeah man for sure how do you keep your passion? Is it easier to keep your passion intact because you, when you do catering and shit, you're not necessarily under the, the supervision of like a restaurant. You're kind of your own boss. Exactly. That's, that's when you're doing like when I'm doing, if I'm making patties or whatever, like that's it. I'm the guy, you know, <laughs> there's nobody on top of me. Um, at the same time, I know what I'm doing. I love doing what I'm doing. Like it's not a different menu all the time. You know, sometimes you, when you're working somewhere, you have to cook boring shit or like other shit comes along. At least I get to do what I want to do all the time, you know? Yeah, I think that's more gratifying. Um, yeah. Whatever art you're doing, making music, cooking, writing, directing films, when you get to make the shit you want to make, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid more or less, you're, you're like leaving at the end of the day feeling more satisfied out of what you're doing. And that shit, that's the wrong way. I think that gets underrated. Wow. Absolutely. Did you ever go on a reality cooking show, dude? Me? Fuck no. <laughs> I, I know so many people who have been personally know these people that have been on them. And like, I just did a podcast with some woman the other day, and she's about to be on one. My boy's little brother, who's also my boy, he's about to be on another uh, fucking Iron Chef or whatever. I, so I was like, man, I wonder if I wonder if Ethics would ever go on a fucking cooking show. But nah, fuck that. You know? It's not my thing, man. It's not yeah. my thing. Just I come mean, taste the buddies. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go on any reality show of any kind, um, but like a, a cooking one, I, you know, you're a man in your art, you know, you want to make fire food, you don't want to be dealing with that rat race shit. Exactly. What was the, um, what was the first dish you cooked where you were like, yo, I got something here. I, 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 I'm good. Yo, man. There's this, uh, there's this chicken I made. It's uh, I call it the world chicken because there's like so many spices like um, it, and it varies now, you know, but um, like coriander, thyme, um, garlic powder. I do have put Haitian spice seasoning, the you know, the piece. Yeah. 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 So put that the green seasoning like uh, coriander. I, I don't know if I said that already. <laughs> then I put on the uh, coriander, it's all good. Fuck man. Anyways, I put a bunch, a shit ton of spices on that, and then like, that was like the first shit that I kept making over and over and over. And, over. and now, like, whenever I make that chicken, people are like, "Yo, bro, like, it's a big chicken. Yeah, it's a crispy skin. That yeah." What um, what was I gonna say? Hold on, sorry, dude. What um, like what what dishes are you? Are you trying to make more of coming up? What are you trying to do new? Um, I'm trying to like, basically what I'm doing is like basically flipping like maybe some stuff you might find here, French Canadian stuff, like oh. mixing it with uh, Haitian it's stuff. Like for example, I don't know. Fusion, if you will. You know, fusion, I mean, yeah, fusion. Like, oh, every, there's like, you know, Asian, Japanese, Mexican fusion, you know, they, yeah. but some fusions where they work, um, you know, and, being that Haiti was colonized at one point by France, there's a French influence. Exactly. And then Canada being colonized by France to a degree, 
Um, so that that fusion makes sense. It's not like ridiculous, you know. Exactly, man. But you have to like, it has to make sense, you know. Like you can't just mix. Like I see people making like, just like, what, what was it? it? Was like a a burger with uh, a sweet plantain in it. And it was just like, nah, man, you know? <laughs> yeah, nah, I feel you. I mean, dude, they do like cheeseburger egg rolls and it's just gross to me, dude. That's give me too a, much, some regular style egg roll. I don't need, or just give me a cheeseburger. Some things I don't want to mix. Like, I don't know if you had a poutine before. Oh, I love poutine's great hangover food. It's delicious. Yeah, I, I make, I make a, a Haitian poutine, but instead of uh, potatoes, I use uh, plant, I make plantain fries. Or I, you do breadfruit fries. Breadfruit flies, breadfruit fries. Breadfruit or plantain. So basically I brine the plantain uh, overnight, whatever, with acid, uh, salt, whatever. Then you pat them dry the next day and then you fry those bitches. And then uh, shit comes out crispy. Then what I do is I I have beef bacon, I have uh, curd cheese, because that's the traditional cheese being used. But I also add... um, out here we can't really get it. We in Haiti we 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 have a tête de mort, which is essentially a mental cheese. So I do a mix of the curds and the mental cheese, uh, plantain fries. I make a gravy, a beef gravy, but then I also do it fifty percent Haitian sauce type of thing. That sounds banging, dude. Does this? Does any of that travel well in the mail? Can I get a box of patties sent to LA? This sh- I need. Well, I'm still trying to figure out the the science, man, because I'm supposed to to send some out. Uh, they're saying as long as I do uh, frozen and um, what's it called? Like dry ice. Dry ice. Yeah. That sounds dangerous, bro. Because you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to fuck. You don't want to risk the temperature. Just the temperature changes are, are just very abrupt, man. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine making it like melt and recongeal or some shit like that. What's the last really shitty meal you had that you were like, yo, this is trash. I can't believe I spent time on this, money on this. Not that you cooked it, you ate somewhere. Out, out, out there, man. Drag them through, the, through the mud. If you can't think shit of it, that means you've been eating really good and you ain't got to sweat it. I had, a, I had a really bad fucking Haitian patty. Somebody brought that shit from me. <laughs> It's like fuck. You're an extra harsh critic with Haitian patties, though. So maybe maybe yeah. it wasn't that bad. Maybe. So what about um the last last meal you had that you didn't cook that you were like blown away that you were like that you can actually remember? I can remember only so many meals a year that really knocked me off my feet. You know, what's the last one you had that you didn't cook that you were like fucking feeling it, blown away? Uh... It was some fucking, some turkey, but fuck, man, they just used the fucking weirdest spices, man. Like What kind of spices? Like, I don't even, like, it tasted almost like black licorice or some shit. So, like, what, anise, kind of? I don't know if it was anise or, if like, is it fennel anise? Fennel, yeah, fennel will do that. Fennel. So, like. I don't know, bro. It's just like fucking nothing worked together, bro. It was just sad. And we tried to like fix it. Oh, that was a bad meal. That wasn't a good one. Oh, that what was, was a bad meal. Oh, that was a bad meal. What about what? A, what oh, you it? mean like, oh, you mean, oh, sorry. You, you asked me the, a good meal, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. It's something that like knocks you off your feet. <laughs> that oh, bad meal must have stuck with you, though. It's overpowered. Oh, that shit. It was bad. Oh, that shit was 
was, was fucking out of control. But we I don't tried even like a lot it. of anise and fennel. Like the black licorice flavor, that candy isn't a fucking candy. That's not a treat. That's like punishment. That's what they give you in prisons in a third world country, you know? That's just, it's just uh, <laughs> punishment for shoplifting. That's like a treat. Black licorice was a treat in the Great Depression when people were starving to death in bread lines. Nobody wants to eat that shit. Something that blew me away, bro. It was uh, fuck. I can't even remember where it was from, but it was just the best uh, fried calamari, man. Yeah. It was just like I never had anything like that, man. <laughs> um, and it's some spot I don't even know the spot, but like my boy brought us like just calamari, just like bins of calamari, calamari. It's true. And it was just the fireest shit, man. I, I was like the Chinese style fried calamari. They do like the salt and pepper style yeah. fried. It's fucking delicious. Do you, yo, yo, ethics, can I, can I, can I blow your mind with a, a urban legend, a folk tale, a folklore, if you will, a fairy tale? Go ahead, man. Do you know what Go they ahead. say about calamari, fried calamari? Like in the States, I've heard this in a few different cities and, and stuff. Um, not squid cooked regularly, not like, but fried calamari. They say sometimes they substitute half of it with um, diced pig anus. I'm not. Oh, I'm, God, I'm not surprised. I mean, I don't know if this is real. You can look at the internet. <laughs> not that the internet tells the truth all the time, but not the parts of the calamari with like the tentacles, but the circular parts that may yeah. pigs. Because <laughs> calamari is expensive. It comes from the sea. Pigs. There's a fucking overpopulation of certain pigs in America. And, so it's a cheaper animal. So maybe they cut a pig's asshole up, fry it up, and that's the calamari at the Italian restaurant. I'd like to think I, not, because I still enjoy calamari. Yeah, that, fuck, I hope not, man. Did I ruin it for you? I hope I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, man, now I'm going to think about fucking pig's asses. It, it might be fake, man. Let's just, let's just go on strength that it's a fucking urban legend. Um, but I shit you not, bro. Um, does this one dude who told me they used to go around hunting pigeons to bring to the Chinese spot? Yeah, I've, I've cooked pigeon before. I've eaten it. I've cooked yeah. it. Squab. They call but it not squab. The, yeah, but not the city motherfuckers. Though. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. That's different. Yeah, bro. You said they used to get paid extra. His boss used to make them go do runs and shit. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, you Out see people who have pigeon coops in the city, you know, they have like the way they go, go, or whatever they call the pigeons and they have, the, they come to them, they flock to them like falcons on their arm. So yeah. it's easy. if you know how to do it, you could round up some pigeons to get paid. I would Absolutely. go, I would go in, um, in Chinatown in Boston, there was a couple, or near Chinatown, I should say, there's a couple um, Asian grocery stores that were big. And you go, Asian markets have like all the crazy shit. You want the good fish. You want the whole fishes with the heads on. You want the whole chickens or whatever. And I went, I was like, I'm a cook squab pigeon, you know? And I bought it. The whole, the whole bird, you know, like you got to cut the head off. You're going up in there, yeah. you're off the heart and the gizzards. For somebody yeah. like you, who's a chef, that's not a big deal. Some people freaks them out, but I like, yeah. I like cooking and getting my hands dirty. And I, I cooked, you know, game hen. I've cooked pheasant, quail, smaller birds than a chicken. But the fucking, dude, I fucked the pigeon up. I, oh, it was like a different, the meat was like of a different color. So I couldn't read it right. It wasn't as like light colored, like maybe a quail would be. And I overcooked it and it was miserable. Dude, it was tough as oh shit. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Yeah, that shit happens, man. Um, yeah. I fucked up a lot of shit, man. One time 
I was trying to make calamari. Actually, the first time I tried to make calamari, bro, fucking, fucking everything wrong. Nah. Because you didn't have the pig anus in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but yeah, no, those, I'm, I'm not really a fan of, of game, a lot of game birds sometimes, man. But like now that I have techniques to, to take that case out. Yeah. Like now I can get down with like quail and stuff like that. But as a kid, never really. I think as you grow, your palate kind of expands a bit too. Also cooking more, working in the kitchen all the time. I mean, shit, if I just watch a cooking show enough, my palate expands, you know? Exactly. I mean, exactly. But you know, like you said, like you gotta, you're gonna fuck some shit up and you gotta use trial and error. Like every beat you make, you might think it's fire at the time and you go back six months later, three months, and you're like, damn, that hi-hat's too loud or that snare is just not hitting. And you know, you, the thing is when you make a beat maybe that you're not feeling, it's just it's just memory on your hard drive. But when you fuck up a meal, it's like fucking. I just bought all this food. I just roasted this branzino and destroyed it, or I just fucked up this monkfish. And it's not only the money, but the time and the physical labor. And if, if you're you know, and you gotta eat it, maybe too. You're eating your own food, and it's exactly. Sucks. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta step yeah, up the box. You gotta try new shit. Exactly, bro. That's how you get your feet wet, man. You just fucking cook this shit you'd never cooked before and like you'll fuck it up obviously and then from there you learn how what works what doesn't work you know yeah but, um, you uh yeah. you know i like going to like fish markets and shit you know and it smells fishy and seafoody but i like that you know and like you know getting them you know shucking oysters although it's fucking you'll slice your hand open i like doing that shit i like chopping up filleting of fish do you like getting your hands dirty like that well man it depends i'm not the best at uh I can get down or whatever. Like, I like getting my hands dirty for sure. But, like, my filleting skills are fucking I mean, atrocious, man. Mine aren't particularly grand, <laughs> but I can do it a little bit. You yeah. gotta have, I mean, like, how important is the fucking knives that you're using? And when you're cooking, the knives are, like, everything, dude, you know? Yeah, you need sharp knives. If you have sharp knives, it makes your task easier anyways, you know? Yeah. Um, or a good knife, too. You need good knives, too, not, you know? Do you have like a, like a little set? Like with, it looks like you're like in the movie, the show Dexter, where you're just laying out all your knives on a thing. Nothing crazy like that. I still have my my knives from culinary school, man. To be honest, yeah. What um did you ever feel like, or have you met like chefs that didn't go to culinary school that it, they're just as? I mean, do you feel like it's an absolute necessary thing to being a good chef? Not at all. Me, what I did is I went for a year. I just went to get a certificate. I didn't like go for like uh, the whole program or anything. Like How that. long is the program usually? It's um, it's four years. Oh shit. So it's like full on college. I did a year. I did a year. So just, uh, I did the just basic shit just cause I wanted to just pick up some new skills. Technical skills. So and then from there, I was like, no, nah, I didn't want to do like the management or anything like that after. Oh, is that what they teach you shit like that? in there yeah so you you basically the four year i guess it's um like me i think it, it, i just did culinary skills them it's uh i think something managed they have to do like the management the whole hospitality part of it as well too like, like a headache dude that sounds no yeah, fun so at all. i was like fuck that man i just wanted to cook you know yeah you want to get back to the art when That's you know cook, cooking is like sometimes can be a collaborative art you know, you and a sous chef or you and another person are splitting. Yeah. Do you ever produce 
with anybody else or kind of collaborate on the, the music side with somebody? Yeah, but that's what I do with my cousin nowadays, you know? I've, I haven't made any, anything by years now, you know? Oh, really? I, or I'll, I'll put like, I'll put together the, the, the skeleton of the idea, like the drums, keys, bass, or whatever. Hmm. And then I'll send it to him. And like, we have people, so we have people who, who play bass. We have uh, some live bass put in there. And live bass, like guitars. And then he'll go around and, and mess around with the arrangement, like make it funky, you know? So it gives a different, because anyways, my beats is simple as fuck, you know? I've always made like just basic beats, you know? So to have that touch, it gives like a different flavor, you know? Yeah, and it can make it feel warmer too. The live production in there mixed in gives Absolutely. a fuzzy feel. What's like one of the last beats you heard that you were, fuck, I wish I made this. Like, you know, that you were really fucking sweating. Fuck, uh, man. I can't really tell you to be honest, bro. But when I listen to cats like fucking Madlib or Dilla, anything that comes on with their shit. Madlib's kind of been become my favorite producer over the last five years. I mean, he's always been one of my favorites since Lupac back in the 90s, but... In the last like five or six years or something, he slowly has become like kind of my favorite to listen to. I don't yeah, know. Man. I like uh, Black Milk too, man. His beats are fucking beast. Yeah, his shit hits hard. It jumps. Detroit. I guess Detroit. Anything Detroit, pretty much. Yeah. Well, dude, Detroit's close to Canada, man. I mean, Toronto is visible over the water and shit. Yeah. You've been to Detroit? I've been to Detroit. I've been to Detroit. Um, twice, actually. I've been. I went when I was in high school, and then I went um, 2018, I think, to link up with uh, Chavis Chandler. Oh yeah, he's like a, he's a he's an artist from out there still. Um, he works with like Royce the Five Nine and people, whatever. Yeah, Detroit's always had a slew of crazy good oh, MCs. Crazy also, a lot MCs. of good production, you know. So then I did this joint with him, but like I ended up getting an Airbnb, bro, and I was like, you know what, like this shit's kind of like affordable it's a big house or whatever and i didn't even know it was in the fucking hood bro <laughs> dude i mean detroit in general is a very affordable city because it's you know it's been it's been hurting for decades you know i mean it's slowly on the come up but it's not on a come up of like when some other cities kind of come up it's taken a while i think the last time i was in detroit was probably three years ago and uh there's a there's like a little on the outs you know detroit has a big um like uh, Arabic population, the Chaldean, which is like Iraq mm -hmm. Christians, large Chaldean population. And on the very outskirts of, I forget which side of the city, um, we were staying in this hotel there and we were taking a bus into the city. And it was like, I mean, it was just like a Chaldean neighborhood. So everything was, it was like just tons of Middle Eastern food everywhere. It's fucking off the hook, dude. Middle Eastern food. Yeah, they, they have a big Lebanese community too. Like, yeah, serious Lebanese community yes. great lebanese food i mean dude i fucking love lebanese food oh, you Delicious. know i think um ottawa is actually i think it's the shawarma capital of north america man. really like, i think we have the most shawarma spots per capita in canada i would say probably u.s because there's not that much shawarma spots out there nah there's not a ton there's not a ton i mean la there's a good a good amount um, more than yeah. like austin not really you know i mean there's a few but there's not huge populations of Lebanese or Syrian or, or, or Chaldean people, New York more so than, than, than Boston for sure. But LA's got a pretty good um, Middle Eastern population. And there's a lot of like crossover between Middle Eastern and Mediterranean restaurants out here, you know? 
Yeah, fusion. It's good. They say the the Mediterranean diet is very healthy for men, in particular. Very healthy. Yeah, I don't know what it is, and there's certain things that work towards your prostate, and testosterone, and things. They use, like uh, they use like spices, nutmeg is good for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So so like spice. Some of the spices they they use too, like even the salads and shit like that. Like it's good mm -hmm. for you. Man. I put I put nutmeg when I make jerk sauce. I put nutmeg in my jerk. Yeah, no, you'd be proud of me, ethics. I got some ribs defrosting in the fridge, going to like a, a cookout on Sunday and at my friend's pool. And I was like, what am I going to make? I wanted something easy that I don't have to, so I can party. So I was like, I'm going to make ribs. Whether I do them on the grill and the oven is up to be determined. Perhaps you could guide me. I just, I've only cooked ribs once before and they were good, but this time I'm doing jerk ribs. I got a dry seasoning, dry rub, and then I make my own jerk sauce from scratch. I let the sauce sit overnight, you know, so that they can marry all the flavors. But how would you, if I was going to cook ribs on the grill, and these are um, the baby back kind, how do, what, what, what's the, give me some direction to cook ribs on a grill. Ribs on a grill, bro. Um, you want to go low and slow, man. Yeah. So, I mean, should I wrap them in foil and low heat or should I just do them in the oven at their place? Yeah, you could, the oven would be really nice, man, to be okay. honest. So the, the, uh, you could what you can do is basically you're gonna marinate whatever just cover with like basically yep. like foil yep let that go low and slow mm -hmm. and then around the end you can just remove the foil just to like uh, do I turn it up though when I take the foil off do I turn it up like almost not to broil it per se but to like kind of crispify it a yeah you can you, you can do that um it's it's really it's really up to you but the whole just low and slow That'll be whatever you do after that doesn't matter, but like as long as it's tender, tender on the right, inside. Yeah. Tender, tender. You do you have no qualms with eating rare, more uh, rare red meat, like more on the rare side? I'm not really a, a big fan of it, but like as being in the industry or whatever, or like dealing with eating all the time, I eat it like that. You know, sometimes you just gotta get that experience too. You know, it's oh, not I personally my favorite, but trust me, like I've had really good like medium or. Like, I like you know? that shit. I like it bloody, dude. I'll eat some steak tartare all day. I don't mind. Yeah, tartare, I, I like it too, yeah. yeah tartare is delicious, dude. I've been craving that. I'm excited to just fucking mess around with these ribs. Yo, listen, ethics. On Sunday, I don't know what you're doing. If you get a panicky phone call from me, it's because I need your fucking guidance <laughs> with the ribs. If I'm like, yo, dude, it's the snake, man. I need your help. Can you fucking help me with the ribs? You got to come. Absolutely. Bro. I'm going to call you. There's probably a 70% chance you're going to get a panicky drunk phone call uh, as long as I don't burn the ribs.